Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare-to-work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. It's that time again when we welcome you to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. This is a canny conversation that aims to bring you a canny conversation with a cause. Conversations that we hope will captivate your curiosity. And if they do, and even if they don't, we want to know about it. So please subscribe, but please review. Okay, canny conversations with a cause, uh, not gardener's question time. But Saf, tell me about the bamboo tree. Okay, thank you. Thank you for that direct question, Adrian. This is this is something that has, uh, that I saw a few years back. To be frank with you, and inspired me, and inspired me on the basis that you know when you're unsure, when you're hesitating, when you're thinking the fact that things aren't working out. There's a story about the bamboo tree, which talks about the fact that you know the work that you're doing, you're not seeing the results. You're sowing the seeds, but you're not getting the results, and it takes time. The, the story which says it takes six weeks for the bamboo tree to grow to the size of nine-story building, but it doesn't take it six weeks for that to grow. It actually takes it five years, but all the results are shown at the end. Sometimes people talk about the overnight success story, but the work that's been done might be that 10,000 hours or the work that's gone in the background and people don't see the work that's gone in the background. They see just the results. And sometimes the results are all in a very short space of time. So if you take that sort of thinking and work on the basis that all the work that you're doing, the, the fertilizing that you're doing, you know, the watering, the plants, the the, the harvesting and the, the farming, you might get frustrated, you might give up. And it's about really being in tune to the fact that, you know, yes, you may have overestimated or underestimated some aspects of it. And, you know, the results aren't there. You're not getting the results. But ultimately, stay on the course if it's the right course for you. No, don't give up. There's a few things there in terms of understanding these overnight successes. And we've all, you know, seen people that become you know, our overnight success, you know, and because they're on our radar and because now we're seeing more of them, we think they've just come overnight. It doesn't have to be about celebrities and fame. It's also in business as well. And people have done all the work. And what happens is uh, suddenly they're on our radar on LinkedIn. You know, we start seeing their posts a bit more because our reticular activation system has been triggered. We're just seeing more of them, but they've always been there in the background, nurturing away, ferreting away, doing the work. But now, because we're seeing them, we start thinking the fact that they've just come overnight or the recent successes. We don't see the fact that they've been doing all the work. And sometimes they've had to maybe change their model or retune their model or make a small incremental sort of adjustments to get to where they are. You know, we've got to be attuned to that. So that that's the, the story. I mean, I've said it in a slightly different way, particularly when somebody's being frustrated and businesses 
a fistful of problems. It is, it, it is all about problems. It's overcoming coming the obstacles and people sometimes just give up and there may be a time to give up, but in most cases they need to be just reinvigorated, energized again. And that's one good way of getting back, somebody back on track, getting them to really start believing in themselves to their original vision and really looking at things from a fresh perspective, really. That, and I think sometimes that that can be very, very powerful. No, that's very interesting. But I'm going to give away my, I'm going to give an indication of my age now because I'm going to tell you a story that people of a certain age will remember that there was a very, very successful golfer called Gary Player. And Gary won a lot of the major tournaments. He had a particular reputation for the quality of his bunker shots. You know, he'd put the ball in the bunker and then he He'd chip out, you know, feet or even inches away from the hole. And uh, one day he was playing a game and he did this. He was in a bunker and he played a bunker shot and he chipped it out and it was within about six inches of the hole. And this person turned to Gary and said, you know, Gary, you're incredibly lucky, aren't you? And Gary said, yeah, he said, I am incredibly lucky. And, you know, it's ever so odd, but the more I practice, the luckier I seem to get so that was really you know emphasizes the point that you've made about sort of sticking at it and working hard now canny bites and the um the the canny bites series of books of course form the basis of these podcasts and there are three of them and in the uh, 52 canny bites of business wisdom there's actually a section all about the uh the Chinese bamboo tree. The only thing it's missing is it doesn't tell us what compost to use, but it's uh, lovely. Okay, so let's go a little bit further and dig a little bit deeper, no pun intended, into this business about setting solid foundations. Give me some thoughts about what you think form the basis of solid foundations. I I assume sound finances is one of them, but but what else? I think think just on that question in terms of, foundations for success there's a difference between starting a business and scaling a business and when you're talking about scaling a business and growing a business you've got to go back to what are these foundations and a lot of that is about systems and processes it's about infrastructure is that business resilient and and not the person but is the business resilient is it adaptable can it take opportunities is it resilient in terms of manpower, in terms of products, in terms of services? Does it have the right assets? I mean, I'm not talking about uh, real estate or property, but right assets in terms of marketing collateral, right assets in terms of the processes, the infrastructure. Is that all map- mapped out? The technology, who's doing the work? Is the bulk of the work led on the systems or is it on the processes? Uh, or sorry, the people. If it's all people-led, then, you know, there's a vulnerability as well. So a business attracts customers because it's a brand, because it's a name there. You know, how are customers acquired? You know, is it inbound? Is it outbound? What's the combination? How many customers do you have? What type of customers are they? So it's about customer segmentation, understanding your customers, understanding your annual revenue, your lifetime value of your customers, and really filtering all through through all of that, segmenting all of that, and really getting to getting underneath the bonnet and breaking all of that down. So there is there just definitely needs to be some sort of understanding of customer analysis, some understanding of you know you talk about strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, threats, the macro environment, the the competitive analysis, their products. You know we we need to be attuned with all of that, and I think it's like buying a business to a certain level. You would look at all of those factors and you would make a judgment to say you know what. Are these foundations for growth or are these foundations or the the foundations aren't strong enough because there's certain areas of weakness and what do we need to look at? Is it relying too much on certain people 
or is it the lack of people and how, you know, what's the recruitment looking like? What's the structure looking like? Finance is a part of it. Of course, finance is a part of it. And, and you know, some businesses don't understand their financials. They don't have management accounts. They don't have the information. They have lack of information. And really, it's, it's a lot of it's data. It's understanding the data behind it. It's being critical with that data, the marketing data, the financial data, the customer's data, the assets behind that. Is it a CRM, really getting behind all of that to see what the problems are, uh, to see what the opportunities are, to look at the complaints of customers. And once you've got all of that, and it's a combination of that, then you can say, well, actually, these are the areas that we can grow easily. If we go into into this market, then we're going to have some growing pains. We're going to you know, potentially uh, disappoint people. And then you can make a little bit of an, an analysis. It's really like going to a doctor uh, and getting you know, a health check done or a car and getting an MOT done. I think you've got to be in tune with the business, the size of the business that it is, the margins, are the margins healthy? What's the reserves looking like? It's a combination of all of these things. But marketing, getting your customers, acquiring your customers, keeping your key customers you know, at the top of the list really. You raised some really interesting points there because you talked about complaints. Now, somebody once said to me, a lot of businesses hate complaints. You said, don't, love them. She said, because complaints are things that you can learn from. If people complain, that's great because most people don't complain. They just walk away and go somewhere else. So if you're getting complaints, don't don't feel bad about them, but value them. Going back to the analogy with the bamboo tree, when a business is in very early stages and, and, and very small, one of the benefits, of course, that it has is it's very adaptable, it's very flexible. But as a business grows, is it not true to say that some of that flexibility obviously disappears the distance from the customers disappears one of the most successful female entrepreneurs in this country is a lady called baroness michelle moon who you probably know of um she's a girl that came from humble beginnings in the east end of glasgow and she started making a a lingerie brand for for women that became enormously successful one of the reasons she said she was so successful is because there were these big international companies and she likened them to super tankers and she said I when I started I was a little speedboat and I was able to you know whiz in and out and change direction quickly and they could do none of that so how do you feel about uh, the, the impact of growth on things like being able to remain flexible uh, and agile yeah I mean you know one of the things that I, I often say is that you know we've got to adapt for survivability what that means is that we can't break like a bank boot tree uh, you know we as an entrepreneurs as a business we, we 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 need to bend to survive we can't break we need to give value and it's getting back to that value aspect of it lean agile responsive being in tune with ourselves being in tune with customers being able to uh, respond to requirements, being able to really get between the issues, really understand the issues, and I think these are the these are the aspects which are key. Uh, remaining consistent, consistency is, is another thing as well with 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 any businesses. Sometimes we get defocused or you know we we lose uh, attention. So it's, it's some of those sort of things as well. And sometimes what happens is when we lose attention, we stop doing the things that we've become known for. And I think that can be a critical mistake as well. Going back to your our um, bamboo tree thinking or bamboo tree analogy, bamboo trees are you know very much about 
creating value. It's probably one of the your most useful plants out there that makes a hundred, hundreds of hundreds of products. And yeah, and I think, you know, as entrepreneurs, as business owners, we've got to be seen to provide value to uh, to people, value to uh, society, value to customers, value to ourselves. And, you know, we've got to create value. And I think as long as you're thinking about value as a business, hopefully you'll keep growing, you'll keep developing and you'll, you'll keep improving. How do, you, how do you think that businesses cope with, you know, sudden change of circumstances? For example, Airbus, one of the big aviation businesses in the world, you know, they spent an awful lot of money and an awful lot of time developing the super jumbo, the A380, and they're now stopping making it because the way that people travel has changed. People tend to go much more point to point than travel into into large hubs. So how does a business put itself in a position where it can be ready to cope with, you know, a seismic change that, that it perhaps had no reason to expect? And, of course, in recent times, the best example of that is is COVID. You know, how many people that have invested in commercial property, uh, you know, yuppie flats in town centres are now thinking, my goodness, the world's turned upside down. How do you cope with that sort of major seismic change that's quite difficult to predict? I think part of that is uh, in terms of creating change within your own, own organisation. I think businesses uh, are comfortable with themselves, what they find is that, you know, they get disrupted. Disruption, not necessarily in the big league that we all used to with regard to technology, but in terms of change within the within the business. And, and that business gets disrupted, their customers, they used to get disrupted. And I think from our perspective, it's, it's really about having that small improvements regularly to ensure the fact that you disrupt yourself. You create change within your business. You create, you have the foresight to keep improving, so you're at the top of your game. It's businesses that are that haven't got that competitive advantage, that are not known. They're the ones that will will suffer. So it's about really how do you how do you keep head and shoulders above others, and that's the key. I mean, I, you know, there's a story which uh, which is about these two individuals uh, running away from the lion, and and one of them says, you know, is he going to catch us? Well, the, the other person says, well, all I've got to do is outpace you not necessarily the lion that's that's you know you're so you've got to look at you know not necessarily the lion but your competitor and if you're outpacing your competitors you're disrupting yourself you're you're challenging yourself and you've got that open mindset to truly look at improvements for the sake of the customer uh, and the customer satisfaction and and then you know when you talk about customers and you talk about complaints it's about quality and quality brings quantity and then it shouldn't be a case of you know somebody says to you do you want quality or do you want quantity you should be in a position where can you get the quantity with the quality and if you can get that then you've got a system and a process to actually scale your business and grow your business that's a brilliant story about the lion. In actual fact, I think what it was is it was two people found themselves in a field and a, a they saw a lion running towards them, and, <laughs> and one said to the other, "How do we outrun the lion?" And the one, yeah. one chap said, uh, "We don't we don't have to outrun the lion, but I have to I have to outrun you." Yeah, yeah, so that, 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 that's, that, that, that's that, the story. That's that's, you you always say better than better than I do. No, 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 not at all. The, no, no, that, no, that, no, that's, not that's, at all. That's the story. I, yeah. I'm a parasite. I pick up on, on other people. So, so what about the 
the, the problem, though, you know, if you do scale your business and you do become bigger, inevitably that involves bringing more people into the business. You know, ultimately that, if you get, you know, really sizable, it can mean things like floating the business and taking shareholders on board and everything. Uh, and if you do that, don't you inevitably lose the close contact with the customer? Don't you inevitably, unavoidably become less agile? Yeah, I can understand where you're coming from. I think a lot of it is about non. You know, when you say lose customer with with or lose lose touch with the customer, it's not about uh, doing the same same things. You know, you know your your role will cha- will change, but it's about really understanding the customer. And in some cases, understanding the customer is about the figures behind it, the metrics behind it. I've still got customers that I may not have spoken to for years, but when we do speak. The bond is there. It's like having having a relationship with uh, an old school friend. You may not have you know kept in touch, but that connection is there. The bond is still there, and we're aware of each other, and we're we're still working with each other. And, and I think it's it's the same thing. You build loyalty. There's an element of working together in partnership, but you let things roll and you let the system, the processes take place. But when you when you need to stay in touch for a particular thing than, than people do. So I think we need to be able to understand that and reflect on that and understand the fact that, you know, things will change. Nothing's going to be, remain the same. And, you know, at the starting point, there may be more contact and so forth. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean that's a bad thing. It just means this is how it, how it is and the relationship is still there and, the, and it's just a matter of change is change. I want to put a slightly different slant on 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 the question of you know flexibility, and, and we've talked a lot, and, and so we should about the importance of stickability and bounce back ability and keeping up things. But in one of the books, there's, there's a section about um, what you call the winning quitter, and uh, you tell me what that's all about. I mean, I've seen situations or scenarios where people are doing the same thing again and again and again, and expecting uh, different results. And nothing's going to change until something's going to change. And what happens is, uh, you know, you might be uh, so used to doing certain things. You know, you know, for example, my father had a shoe shop in um, Birmingham, Small Heath, and and we were against the market trends, online shoe stores. We were also in competing with the bigger uh, shoe stores as well and independent footwear. You know, we didn't have much competitive advantage. There wasn't any real differentiation. Our products uh, we were getting from wholesalers, we were paying more money and the future wasn't looking bright. But if we stuck to our guns and say, well, actually, we're going to ride this, then it's just it will add to the suffering. So, you know, if the market is changing, if the direction is changing, then sometimes you need to be aware of the fact that you can win by quitting, by changing, by reinventing or doing something else. And part of that is understanding the fact that, you know, we can move into a different vertical or a different customer base or do things slightly differently. And I think it's really making that change, whatever that change is, you know, and I think there, there is always going to be that, you know, if you're, if you've done well with a product or a service, it may be the fact that, you know, the way the consumer behavior is, the way the market is, uh, the things that are not necessarily in your control, uh, they've changed but you're not changing, then it's going to be difficult. Life is going to be tough and it's going to be harder and harder for you to pedal. You know, sometimes it's being, it's being courageous enough to say, 
this isn't working. And really, that sort of failure is a positive thing. And move away from that, go into a different field. Sometimes, you know, it's like, you know, the margins aren't there. You know, you can't differentiate, but why carry on? Unless you're able to do something different or clearly you can, you know, you can, you can create some sort of competitive advantage, it'll be foolhardy. I think it'll be foolish to, to carry on. And I think that's that winning quitter mentality. Really. No, I love, I love these personal stories because I think they, they tell an awful lot to, to people. I suppose it's the case of the old business of, you know, if you, uh, the, the, the sign of madness is you keep doing the same thing and keep expecting to get a different result. But I'm not going to allow you to be a tease, Saf. I'm not going to allow that. What happened with the shoe shop? Did you manage to adapt or what happened? So we, we, I mean, we were lucky enough that my father um, invested in that shoe shop after some redundancy payments that he received from from his factory at IMI, and he was able to not just have the business but also have the property behind it. So he uh, he leased it on to uh, to somebody else, and they kept it for a few years, and then they converted it to a sort of internet cafe, which again didn't work for a while and then now it's a local grocery store but you know we got out of that business probably about three or four years after the what i would have preferred uh, you know we we still got out i think at that uh, sort of an appropriate time and i think you know my father realized that it was the best thing uh, he felt a bit uncomfortable in terms of closing that down because it's always about what is x person going to think what is our, what's our relatives going to think? What others going to think and so forth? You know, he's, they failed in business. And sometimes, you know, he's, he's won as a result of actually closing that. He, you know, he was in a much better position. He was able to enjoy life. And it was, a, you know, best thing for him. And it, it took him a heck of a, a lot of courage for him to actually make that decision really. And, uh, you know, regardless of us saying it and we were trying to persuade him for many, many years, you know, some, something happened and he thought, you know what, well, I think it was a case where uh, he was in the shop and he had no customers at all. And he always had one or two customers coming in, but on, on a particular day he had no customers and he was in the habit of uh, buying uh, the newspaper on a daily basis and also uh, some milk to to make tea. And he had to pay that from his own pocket and and I think that sort of frustration that that shocked him a little bit and he he says you know what I'm not going to have one of those days again but he had to make that decision for himself yeah I mean that's um that's a lovely story and, and it kind of had a, a happy ending which is great you use the word not only in this this episode but in in an earlier episode you used the the, the term courage and you've just used it again uh, and sometimes you do have to have the courage don't you to say look I've done my best I've given it my best shot but this isn't working I'm going to have to do something different I mean some people think courage is about being recklessness or you know going out there and a lot of that is about being reflective taking decisions based on information that you know, you know, using a variety of sources of information methods to determine what action is appropriate, what action is the right action. And that depends on the circumstances, you know, but you've got to be proactive in your decisions, you know, proactively make decisions. And a lot of it, again, goes back to making decisions. You know, our success, our situation is a result of decisions we make or don't make. And this is about making conscious decisions whether to take action or not to take action. And it really is that is being attuned with, to ourselves. So it's not courage in terms of bravado or courage in terms of to make that decision. 
to, you know, base that on something. Be able to, sometimes it's, you know, when people talk about something, you know, you move away from telling somebody to showing. And if you can move from, again, when I talk to staff and I'm diverting a little bit, or I talk to them and say, okay, you're telling me something, can you show me? And when you move to a show me perspective uh, or show me sort of style of working, then you can make the decisions easily. And I think from my perspective, when I talk about courage, it is about having the knowledge, the information to make the right decisions in the right time appropriately based on some information. And it's not difficult once you've got all of that. The decision often makes itself. You know what's the right approach, the right route, because it's there in front of you. And for me, that's a big part of courage. But one, the earlier episode, we talked about courage in terms of just going for it, just doing it, and, and not self-sabotaging, not really coming up with reasons why not. You know, think about reasons for doing it and what's the worst that could happen. That's another aspect of it. What's the worst that could happen uh, and, and just going for it. So, you know, being proactive in terms of your approach, proactive in terms of making decisions. And otherwise you'd be in a position where, you you know, you have to make decisions based on the situations and situations which are outside of your control. So you'd rather be proactive and make difficult choices rather than, than reactive to make those decisions because it's been, uh, you know, you've got no choice. Good point. And, and a prerequisite, of course, of courage is fear. Because you know, if, if, if you're not frightened of fire, then you walk through fire. You might be stupid, but you're not being courageous because you don't have the fear that comes with it. So, you know, whenever you, anything changes, most people avoid change because they're fearful of, of what it will bring. And I, and I guess for an entrepreneur, that's particularly important. We're coming now towards the end of our time, but before we we do finish, I want to go back into the garden centre and the Chinese bamboo tree. And Do you think that there comes a point at which you, you, you kind of have to say, well, because some businesses, you know, have businesses operate on different timescales. Some take a long time to grow and develop and some are more like sunflowers. They, they sprout really quickly and look impressive and then disappear very, very quickly. Do you think there are any businesses that can start today and start and show a profit tomorrow and cut out that need for the good foundations or do you think they're there whatever your business might be? I think it's so easy now. We need to recognise that it's so easy to, to set up a business. Uh, if I go back to the year 99, 2000, to set up a limited company was hard work. You know, it wasn't a 10 minute job online. You had to go to solicitors, all your stationery, uh, get your memorandum or articles. You had to go to a solicitor. There was a long process, even setting up a bank account. You know, it required uh, business planning. It required a lot of work behind it. You know, websites, all of this took time. And nowadays, you know, that time factor is gone. And, you know, people can instantly have a domain name, a website. You know, they can set up a company on the day with company's house, if they, if they so wish to desire, have a bank account within the following day. It's, you know, it's all online at this morning in time. The fact that that entry isn't there, that friction in terms of starting up business isn't there, what you're finding is that a lot more people are doing it. Whether they're accidental entrepreneurs because of a situation or whether there's something that they're looking to do, it's a lot more. What you also find is that sometimes the initial sort of 
customers that they acquire may be easier, but they may not be sustainable. So it's really going back to that competitive advantage and thinking the fact that this is what I wish to do in a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. I've had situations where businesses have made a profit in the first year. You know, I used to talk about the fact that it'd probably take you three years to establish yourself, to be in a position where you can say, you know what, this you're on solid foundations. That whole timescale isn't isn't necessarily there. So each business, each situation is different. And I think it's really about the markets, the competitive advantage, you know, the differentiation, not necessarily a USP. You know, you don't have to have a USP. You sometimes have to be just better than others. You don't have to be unique, but you need to be able to differentiate. And I think it's about differentiation, which is sometimes about being better, being more personal, being different rather than a unique aspect of it. And I think it's really understanding you know, how you can get all of those factors to actually get that business going. But going back to the question, it is a lot more quicker. There's a lot more opportunities there. But with opportunities, people sometimes make quick, rash decisions. It's going back and analyzing your purpose, your why, your reasons, why you're doing it, being attuned with yourself, your emotional awareness, intelligence, and being able to then have the awareness to plan ahead. Well, what people can do quickly, of course, is they can download uh, our podcast, they can subscribe, and they can also let us know what they think. We really want to know what you think because we are starting a conversation and our listeners are very much part of that conversation. Um, Time (laughs) rolls on as always, and it's now time to curtail this kind of conversation with a cause, to thank you for listening, to ask you to catch up with your convenience and to stay, say, stay safe till next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this Canny Conversation with a Cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production. 